Hi, and welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, and in this Simply Happy Conversation, I'm talking with Jacinta Dietrich and Lachlan Rutherford, both writers, editors, and now also the hosts of Differently Brained Podcast, a podcast that champions neurodivergent and mental health awareness and acceptance. They share the motivation for providing a podcast platform for others to share their mental health and neurodivergent stories. They also share what they are doing as individuals and what we can do as a community to change mental health stigmas and misconceptions. This conversation is a video recording that you can watch on YouTube. Let's jump into this Simply Happy guest conversation. Welcome to Simply Happy Conversations. I'm Narelle King, professional organiser and yoga teacher. This podcast will help you create a more organised, functional and simply happy life. I'll be sharing conversations with other health and organisational experts and solo episodes with tips to help you simplify your life and create a clutter-free and more organised home. So today on Simply Happy Conversations, I have two guests with me. I'm talking with Jacinta and Lachlan, and they're the co the hosts, sorry, of uh, Differently Brained Podcast. A Differently Brained Podcast is a champion neurodivergent and mental health, and they are building awareness and acceptance. So welcome, Lachlan and Jacinta. Thank you Hi, for having Laura. us. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> it's so lovely to have you both. Your your podcast. I have enjoyed listening to each of your episodes and just the variety that you have in your episodes, the guests that you have, but then also I really enjoy listening to your individual ones as well when you've shared your own story and your own journey. So maybe just start with sharing a little bit about things that you both like to do when you're not working. And maybe you're like me and you actually love working. So, <laughs> uh, Well, neither of us are actually currently in paid work at the moment, so it's a lot of free time I guess but outside podcasting the is working the podcast podcasting is, is working. working yeah <laughs> uh, outside of the podcast um I do a bit of writing and freelance editing and a lot of reading and gardening any favorite books because you do you've interviewed a lot of amazing authors on your podcast oh. have you got a favorite um book? it's so hard because I just love so many and I'm reading so often ones that I regularly go back to are the Kaker books which oh, yeah. is why, why it was so exciting to have her on the show multiple times. Um, so those are absolute favorites. But one that I've recently read that really that I really loved was um, Andromache Between Worlds. So it's a middle grade fantasy. So a bit for you know for kids, but it's still amazing. Yeah, oh, wonderful. Is it the author Australian or overseas? Yeah, Australian, Australian author. Yeah, beautiful. And what about you, Lachlan? What do you like to do when you're not working? Um, when you're not I, doing the podcast. When I'm not doing the podcast, yes. Um, I like to be your classic uh, millennial nerd where I will play video games and watch television programs and movies and stuff. I also like to read. I play and run um, RPGs like Dungeons and Dragons occasionally. Um, just since it's been in a couple of those games. And also I generally like cooking while drinking wine that's my oh, nice <laughs> do you what sort of cooking do you like is it like savory dishes sweet dishes yeah desserts? mostly yeah. savory like I'll, I'll cook um like dinners and stuff like that I like making stuff for, that's like needlessly complicated a lot of yeah. the time just to challenge myself but, yeah <laughs> that's sensory seeking <laughs> yes yes <laughs> So what tell us about the podcast, how it came about and why, why you both started the podcast. And has it been, is it a year? Did you start it this time last year? 
We did, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, been yeah. pretty well a year. Yeah. Uh, this is um, a question for you, Jacinda, because you, <laughs> you started it, man. <laughs> it was something that I'd been thinking about for a while. So when I was looking at getting a diagnosis and just trying to understand, uh, you know, my neurodivergence and things like that, um, I struggled to find varied experience. So outside of social media, the things that I went to were books and things like that, which were really, really wonderful, but they still only ever really gave me like one neurodivergent character. So I was sinking a lot of time into getting little bits and pieces, which was still really amazing, but I was still only getting snippets of people's story and just one experience. And I was looking for something a bit more varied to kind of learn a bit more because I hadn't decided if I was going to, you know, seek a diagnosis and things like that. And then once I did get a diagnosis, again, I went back to the drawing board of like trying to understand different bits and pieces. Um, and I looked to podcasts, but everything was either similar to the issues I was facing with books where it was one person's story or it was someone who had lived experience and someone who didn't. And it felt like a um, kind of a surface level exploration, which was, you know, they were breaking down concepts and terms and things like that, which absolutely has a place and spreads awareness and things like that. But for me, who knew the words and terms now and wanted to understand, you know, how other people live with an autistic brain or an ADHD brain and things like that, I really wanted to hear fuller stories from a lot of different people. Um, and having that overlap, having being both an autistic and an ADHDer, I really needed to find multiple stories because everything felt like it was really um, compartmentalized out. Like I could find autism podcasts or I could find ADHD podcasts or I could find, and I wanted to bring it all together because it's, it's, it's not separated for me. It's not compartmentalized. So that was the main reason that, um, you know, I'd been mulling it over, but I hadn't, I wasn't going to do it by myself. And then I may have reached out to Jiris Lachlan and yeah, that's how it, how it started. He jumped on board. Yeah, and I've always wanted to do stuff with podcast. Well, not always. It's a more. It's a recent uh, fascination of mine. But um, the idea of doing something that is a both a, an intellectual and a creative output with someone that I know is like you can't really get any better than that. I, yeah, um, amazing. Yeah, and uh, also like similarly, I haven't really like I don't get a lot out of reading the sort of clinical um top-down definitions and and accounts of mental health and does anyone yeah well that's it and so doing this is like I didn't really expect to get this particular bit out of it but I have really kind of expanded my perceptions of of neurodivergence and mental health for example one of our most recent episodes uh with Adele Dumont um who wrote the pulling which is about having trichotillomania, which I have. I've never really spoken to anyone about that before. And it's just kind of like without the podcast, I wouldn't really have that opportunity. So in many ways, the podcast is a um, a selfish endeavor for me, but also, you know, it's it's an output. I like it's it's good to, to um, be sort of a... a repository of that information for people although it's yeah. not a repository like a <laughs> like a, a, a i don't know 
a conveyance method, a vessel for for information. So it's almost like you two are getting like almost like therapy by, you know, chatting to other people with lived similar ex- lived experience. And then, but the thing is, the best part is that you're sharing it out in the whole world and there's people like me who just, you know, started, jumped on, started listening and was like, oh, I love this. Like I relate to so many parts, especially yours, Jacinta, that you talk about. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. Oh, yes, that was me type thing. But it's great that you've actually both got the different different sort of mental health, you know, aspects to share, which I really enjoy listening because the same, I didn't know a lot about things that you talk about, Lachlan, and it's like really interesting. I find that really interesting to learn more, especially because I have so many varied clients. A lot are, you know, neurodivergent, but I do have a lot in sort of NDIS field that I work with. So it's great to have that, you know, varied experience to be able to hear from other people. So what about you both? What do you love most? So Lachlan, you sort of shared a little bit, but is there anything else you love about the podcast? Because you like, you do most of the back end, don't you? Yeah, I do the editing and, yeah. and that kind of thing. And I'll be honest, I find editing to be a double-edged sword. It can be frustrating and at once like really fulfilling because I've got a product at the end that I've worked on and it's like, it's done and it's out there. And I imagine that would be the same for like making some sort of film or book or whatever. It's, yeah. it's that kind of thing. I enjoy speaking to what I think is um, what you were just saying, Ben Narelle, about um, learning things from other people that you wouldn't expect to. I reckon in many ways that Jacinta and I are like audiences of our, of our own podcast and like yeah. we get the, the same kind of stimulation I guess is yeah the, I don't know if that's the right word but yeah um yeah I think that's what I love most about it and you know everyone's really nice everyone every <laughs> single person that we've spoken to has just been so nice and it's yeah. it's great that that's my hyper focus I then go on to the uh oh what's that who's that person where's their account oh I've got to get those books and yes yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. what about you Jacinta what's what's the things you love about the podcast I think my answer is really similar to Lachlan's where um, absolutely it's a selfish endeavor and we're just really lucky that other people want to listen to it because it's just so nice having these people where when we reach out and say, hey, do you want to come and talk to us? Like not only do they say yes, but everyone's been so open and honest and sharing with their time and their resources and their story and things like that. And I've learned so much just from the first year that the fact that, you know, we get to keep going is just so exciting and so lovely. And again, I I didn't realize, but I just love talking to people. I think for so long I'd been, um, you know, masking and having like, you know, obviously a few social difficulties here and there that I thought, you know, oh, I don't like people, you know, blah, blah, blah. But no, I do like people. I really love talking to people. I just need to know what the conversation's about or like have a framework for it or a reason. Um, and so like, you know, actually being interviewed or interviewing people, it's, it's just so nice. It's so satisfying. (laughs) And yeah, like Lachlan said, everyone's been so nice and we've got to talk to so many people that I admire. It's just been Mm. so, so special. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Like that you like how you've just pointed out, it's such a great point of there is the questions. I'd never thought of that. And maybe that's why I love doing it because there's a structure, isn't there? There's a structure to follow. And so the conversation can flow. So then do, do, would you like to start just and tell us about your like neurodivergent story and, you know, being formally identified as neurodivergent? Yeah, of course. 
Um, so I'm one of those late diagnosed women, which I think, you know, that's that's pretty standard these days um, where, you know, I went through primary school and high school and didn't really know anything. I was always super into school because I loved the structure and the routine um, and all of that. And I loved most of the subjects that I did. Now, looking back, we've found my report cards and we've identified like 50% of my subjects were Jacinta's a pleasure to have in class. And the other 50% were Jacinta could be really great if she just applied herself. Jacinta shows so much potential. Jacinta <laughs> needs to stop distracting others. And I'm like, oh, oh, there it was. <laughs> um, so yeah, but there'd always been kind of like a running joke in my family that I was the one to jump to logic when there was like a big emotional moment, but then other things would set me off super emotionally and I'm not touchy feely and all these kind of bits and pieces that then when I started to read, um, it was Kay Kerr's books, essentially YA from an autistic author. I was like, Oh, huh. Because the only representations I'd seen was, you know, like Sheldon Cooper and, um, autistic coded males generally that had, really fit the cliche or the stereotype um so then once I started to see representation that actually fit I was like oh my gosh got on social media started looking it up and then I was really really lucky where um it was before COVID and I got into my psychiatrist really quickly I know that my diagnosis journey is very very different and very privileged compared to you know a lot of people but um I went in saying hey I think I'm autistic and I had like a three page 10 size font <laughs> Microsoft office doc being like these are all the things that I do um and I thought I was going in just for um being autistic but then she sent me home with a bunch of ADHD screening tools as well and it turns out I got the double whammy so yeah that was it and then it's yeah just been a kind of understanding journey and unmasking journey of figuring out what works for me journey which has been just wonderful honestly I wouldn't change it for the world I love now that I have autistic and ADHD or as labels because the labels that I used to get and used to give myself oh. were much less nice so oh, definitely definitely and how funny they almost need the um the ADHD testing and autism testing should be if they bring in 10 pages about everything about themselves okay tick they're possibly yeah. autistic and ADHD and maybe they took ages to actually then get to the appointment or fill in the form that you sent that could be just the criteria really couldn't it? I have asked my psych since then I was like oh were there any like early signs for our first one and she was like yeah you brought in like a deep dive like you brought in a portfolio <laughs> yes, most people you know most people who, who self-identify more often than not come out with a confirmed identity because no one's gonna deep dive on a thing that they probably don't have you know what I mean yes, they're gonna yes. find a thing be like that's not me and move on and I was like oh yeah that makes sense yeah yeah cool I hear that from so many, so many of my clients and people I've met that the same thing. They go, well, I did have this big portfolio that I took in and they went straight away. Yeah, okay, this is already <laughs> heading down there. <laughs> and, and what about you, Lachlan? Do you want to share your mental health journey? Yeah. Um, my mental health journey is like drawn out over a long period of time because it's kind of like I've accrued different things over the years so it started out just like anxiety that was the diagnosis because I think you know a lot of people in school which is which is when I was diagnosed um have got anxiety or have or experienced anxiety in some form or another and then that was then diagnosed as depression because it was or it was like a comorbidity really 
And then after that, I was having, you know, all sorts of mood swings and um, I had a psychotic episode at one point, a really short and not very intense one, but it was still uncomfortable. And I realised as well that I was getting sort of a little bit on the upper, like a little bit uh, overstimulated, I guess. And that's when um, I went to a psychiatrist and he said, what's your family history? And I said, well, my older brother's got bipolar disorder and my auntie's got bipolar disorder and my uncle's got bipolar disorder. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just like, yeah, you probably have bipolar disorder. (laughs) Um, And so I got prescribed lithium and been having that. But that was about, I want to say, eight or so years ago. And then on top of that, um, the other thing, the, the most recent and probably most annoying of the things is um, the trichotillomania, the hair pulling. Yeah. Um, that one, I, I honestly, like, I can't pinpoint where or, sorry, or how that kind of began. Um, it just kind of did. I started pulling my hair out. It started getting worse over time. And, um, yeah, um, I saw my GP about it finally, and he's, he told me the word, the diagnosis yeah. of trichotillomania, which is good to have in some respects but it like I'm it's very different my situation to Jacinta's where the labels are affirming Mm. mine I just I don't I don't care (laughs) um I don't having trichotillomania is annoying and embarrassing and I hate it having bipolar disorder is just like I don't really get into it that much and when things do go wrong which they do I'm able to draw a connection and say, yep, that's that thing that's happening. Um, and then just kind of like sit with it. Um, sometimes I don't, but yeah, I guess that, that is, it's not really a journey, is it? That was more of a, a, a checklist of things. But it's, it's, that's what I think is really nice how you've both got your own, you know, stories, um, that, that help to, for other people to go, oh, it's not just, like neurodivergence and that's it it's like here's the other parts because some of it does cross over doesn't it or or I have definitely heard of females being diagnosed with bipolar but then actually as they work it out it's like no actually it's not it was um autism seems to be um a likely thing so I think it's really nice how you both have yours both you know you both your areas that you bring in to talk about and and can and can converse with your guests that's come on as well Thank you. I feel like we we really did need to cover a scope in our uh, in us as hosts to be able to then go and you know ask people for their stories. So it's nice yeah. to hear, but it works. Yeah, no, I think it's great. It's great. So what about some of the misconceptions that you come around, come across with um, mental health and neurodivergence, like in your own lives or even through um, through your work that you've been doing? This is. Oh, sorry. You said, you, said, I don't you, said, <laughs> you said, mm, Lachlan, so I thought you were going. Yeah, um, I'm having a think. He's thinking. <laughs> I, think, I think the biggest one is still that, you know, the research and the diagnostic criteria and things like that are still so narrow for what it actually looks like. And I think, you know, I understand that stereotypes and cliches are around for a reason and things like that, but I think that that's a huge misconception and a misunderstanding of how autism and ADHD, you know, can present and how it can look for different people, both externally and internally. 
I think, you know, that's a big one, the whole laziness situation Mm. across both neurodivergence and mental health is such a huge one that, you know, people are just lazy. That's It's not real. There's just so much energy going into other things that you don't see that, you know, the expectations that you think people should be hitting just... Yeah, that that's a big one for me. The the societal expectations of just because someone thinks you should be doing something doesn't mean that you have to, and it's okay if you need to do something else. And I suppose for you too, like growing up and like masking like myself, and then you get to this age and you're like, I don't have to. And like for me, some people go, but you used to do that all the time. And I was like, yeah, and then I'd be so exhausted. And now I have two kids that I have to, you know, cope with. I need to think about my energy. I can't just keep doing what I used to do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We didn't like think about it at the time, but every day after high school, I would come home and I would fall asleep. Every single day I would have an afternoon nap. I know that teenagers are meant to sleep a lot, but like we went to doctors being like, she's fatigued all the time. And it 100% would have been the amount of masking and regulation I was doing by myself that, you know, now it's just, I just can be me. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. That's so good. That's that's similar in a way with like in terms of like energy levels and la- and the misconception of laziness because what I've found is that I will internalize those kinds of misconceptions and criticisms and use that as ammunition for depression, right? So I, I use that as as sort of a means to further punch myself down into the whatever hole I find myself in. And the reason why that happens is because it's such a prevalent thing still in wider society. Yes, it's getting better, but it still lingers. It's still mm-hmm. kind of like, it's still very much um, the default to see someone who is depressed and tell them to kind of like, oh, well, maybe you should do this. Maybe you should get a job and it'll fulfill you. Or maybe you should go outside and walk. It's like, yeah, okay, those things might and do help. But it's not really hearing that from someone else. Uh, it's I, I personally, it, that doesn't work for me. <laughs> like I need to come to that to my own and instead have people like help supporting me in the space that I'm in at the time. Um, it's also not always accessible. It's such a privilege to be able to look after your mental health and have accommodations for your neurodivergence and things like that. Like it's still something that, I think isn't taken seriously and there is still a lot of um, personal responsibility around a lot of these things that are social issues basically that yeah absolutely the internalized stigma is it's deep it's deep in the differently brained team for sure Mm -hmm. and you know elsewhere. Yeah, definitely, isn't it? And it, it, uh, it will be interesting to see what this next generation, the younger generation who have grown up you know, with a diagnosis from when they were um, really young and don't know anything different. Um, And, yeah, I really look forward to seeing that compared to, like, yeah, how I've grown up anyway until I was, like, what, 40, I don't know, 46 or something I think it was. So, yeah. Um, so then tell us what about at an individual level or and a community level, what can we do then around changing these stigmas and the misconceptions? Um, just piggybacking off what I what I said, like I think it would be nice if on an individual level, if if I am in a state, if I'm in a, a depressed state, for like an individual who might come for me to just kind of not try to fix me in that moment, just kind of be there and understand and 
support, all that kind of stuff. And then from a societal level, it it really kind of becomes, and I'm sure that this is going to be a similar answer for you, Jacinta, it's it's almost like a restructuring of how we view thick concepts such as laziness or disruptiveness or output, that kind of stuff. Because at the moment, it seems to be focused more on the the condition, like the, the mental illness of a neurodivergence, which is not something that can necessarily be changed. And everything else around it, all of the systems can be changed. It's just that no one really wants to do it. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, how you schools. do that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And how you do that? I don't know. There yeah. are people much smarter than me who have, who have worked on exact doing exactly that. But I think maybe, like, at the very least, recognizing that those systems can change. And oh, my headphones just disconnected. No, they're um, back. Those, those systems can change, uh, and people are working to change them. And to just let it happen, be 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 receptive to that potentially. Happen. That's my answer. <laughs> and now you just you just reminded me of um, your the politician from WA that you've had on twice, and I absolutely yep. loved those episodes um, because and everyone I'll definitely link those in the show notes because I think that was really great to hear like positive change and someone out there trying to yep. really you know make a big change. What about you, yep. Jacinta? What um, what do you think at an individual or a community level can we do? At an individual level, I think it's, you know, engaging in content and learning more and just coming to a better understanding of people around you. I think, you know, it's a bit like previous social movements that have happened where people don't realize who is in their life, but the likelihood that you have someone in your life that is neurodivergent or struggles with their mental health, it's so likely. It's So, you know, just because you don't think you do just because you don't see them that doesn't mean that you know you shouldn't be learning about these things and engaging with lived experience people and speakers and things like that because you probably most likely do and you know hearing other people's stories is never a bad thing growing your empathy and your understanding for someone else's journey is never a bad thing so on an individual level I think it's taking responsibility to continue learning about something that you maybe don't know about um because you know there is more representation and it is getting there but sometimes you still do need to get out of go out of your way to find you know autistic content or ADHD content or you know wider neurodivergent and mental health content and then on that on a community level um you probably know it's a big thing for me but representation like if I hadn't have come across that stuff I wouldn't have known and my life could be very very different because it was it was not going nicely <laughs> um so I think you know listening to people you know at the moment I'm not sure when this episode comes out but at the moment we have people going through a girl's diary because she took her own life and they're trying to find the clues and things like that and that focus in the media I understand why it's happening but you you don't need to wait it's too late now for Mm -hmm. that individual and that is awful but like listen to us now because there are so so many of us waving the flag, throwing up our banner, throwing up our hand, saying, we're here to help. We want to co-design with you. We want to share our lived experience. We want to do that. We're not hard to find. And it feels like there has to be a tragedy before anything is done. And then it's still not an effective solution or supports or accommodations and things like that. So I think at a community level, it really needs to be bring us in. And, you know, on a, 
a capitalism commercial community level, it's it's put us in your shows, put us in your books, put us in your music, put us in everything where everyone else is because you can't be what you can't see and if you aren't seeing it, instead you're going to self-stigmatise, you're going to internalise all of that ableism and feel probably pretty awful about yourself. Oh, I love that. I love that quote that you've just said. That's, yeah, amazing. Thank you. <laughs> um, so for you, how can people, and you two are a prime example. You're doing an amazing job by getting your voices out there, sharing your lived experience, but finding other people and um, sharing that on the podcast, which also feeds through to social media. And like this, I just wanted to get you both on to go, here's another two people who are doing an amazing job and there's more role models, you know, more, more role models for the younger generation, which I think we need more of, especially in schools, being, you know, a background in education. I think that's really important. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. Gosh. Lachlan and I, <laughs> we still get super weird when we get compliments, especially when we get called big things like role models. Role like, models? Oh, what? what? <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely role models. I'll take it. <laughs> so how can people connect with you? The best way Anyways. to probably, many ways, uh, the best way to probably get on to us is we have our own private Facebook group now, uh, the Differently Brained Community. So you just come on and that's generally where we are most active um where you know we're asking questions and we're finding out what people what episodes people want to hear and we're just celebrating like you know the wins of the week and sharing news articles and things like that um otherwise we are on instagram we're not as active there but um, i'm getting better we have a few reels about our mental health walks and whatnot um and then also we have a website differentlybrained.com Oh, beautiful. So there might be someone listening who may even want to be potentially a guest on your show as well, and they can reach out to you as well. Absolutely. There's a form in our Facebook group so that I can keep it all in one place. So (laughs) come join the Facebook group and then just fill in like a two second form. And yeah, you can come, come chat with us. Perfect. And I will include all that in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time and both of you sharing your knowledge and your story as well. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jacinta and Lucky. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me for today's Simply Happy Conversation. If you're looking for a safe place to sell or donate your no longer needed items, then come join the Simply Happy Organization Facebook group. You'll also find storage solution ideas, organizing hacks and tips, and makeovers to provide accountability and motivation for you to get started in your home. Head to Facebook and join the Simply Happy Organization Facebook group today. I'd like to acknowledge the Wadharong people of the Kulin Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of the land. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging.